Hello and welcome to Think Fit Be Fit podcast. My name is Jennifer Schwartz. I am the hostess and creator of this podcast where we share stories, expertise, and conversations on effective thinking for potent workouts. And that's whether you are a teacher, a exercise lover, an exercise enthusiast, a trainer, a chiropractor, it all applies to a deeper relationship and effective thinking with your exercise. These conversations range from embracing curiosity and body intuition to kinesiology, exercise mechanics, and anatomy. Uh, Today's episode is on the feeling side and the embracing curiosity and body intuition and yoga. I have a second time guest. Her name is Dr. Stephanie Johnson, and she was with us about a year ago, um, July 2019. Our conversation in that episode was about active recovery and chiropractic care, which is still very relevant, and it's um, a very popular episode, so I will connect to that in the show notes. And before we get started, I have an announcement. We have a new website just for the podcast. It's called thinkfitbefitpodcast.com. And if you head on over there, you will be able to subscribe to our brand new newsletter where we're going to share insider information and projects and just the deeper knowledge of what's going on here. I love putting them together and I would love to see your name on that uh, subscription list. Okay, back to this gorgeous episode. We recorded this in mid-April before George Floyd's death and I want to take this opportunity to speak for my business and from my own heart in that we are committed to supporting change and being part of a solution of anti-racism. We stand firmly against racism and violence and stand behind all of those who are dedicated to the pursuit of equality. And the wonderful thing about these things that I'm talking about, yoga, self-transformation, sports, barbells, is that it applies to humans. And the human race is all the same three millimeters underneath the skin. And I will never not include a group of people um, in that. If they're willing to learn and be part of a conscious effort to improve themselves and then bring a collective benefit uh, to others, that's what I'm here to support. So this episode is a beautiful conversation about that, this, the, the this transformation of our bodies and our minds through yoga. And that it doesn't have to be uncomfortable, this transformation. I mean, you lean into that discomfort, but you're also welcoming at the same time because our efforts right now, as far as discomfort, need to go towards the conversations about anti-racism. 
and yeah I will leave it at that because this conversation and her um, focus really speaks to that message please go check her out at sjohnsonchiropractic.com and on Instagram at sjchiropractic or Dr. Johnson Yoga. Enjoy. You know, I'm here to really listen and see how things unfold as we've now entered into a new way of consciousness. And and when we talk about consciousness, you know, for me, we're talking about personal responsibility and collective responsibility. And I think yoga and the transformation that can be had in yoga really ties these two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Was that a good intro into what we're talking about? It was about? actually an excellent <laughs> intro because I'll be referencing an article several times throughout this um, throughout this podcast that's actually titled Yoga as Self-Transformation mm-hmm. by Joel Kramer. Uh, it's a very well-known article within the yoga community, and it's rich with information about what is yoga and what is it really used for. And many times people see yoga as a way to, you know, really exemplify their flexibility, or maybe it's a way to become more flexible, or, oh, maybe... Maybe I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible enough yet, when really that's not the design of yoga at all. Yoga is really more of a tool to be used to listen in on your body and to see what, it, what it's feeling like. And using those, those poses that they have within yoga as a means to, as you attempt to get into it, what is your body telling you? What hurts? What feels great? And uh, again, using yoga more as a tool as something as opposed to something being to be intimidated by or to use it as a platform to, you know, oh, look at me, look at me. I mean, you can use it in whatever direction you want to. You can use Mm -hmm. it in whatever tool you want to. Um, But the design of it, I believe, was was more to become more inward to listen to how your body is speaking and how to move it beyond or within its limits. Mm. Yeah, with yeah beyond or within its limits just toying with that concept will give one a, such a depth of knowledge about their body and geez i mean you could apply that just that sentence to emotions food <laughs> emotions and food mm-hmm. <laughs> family you know mm-hmm. that's amazing mm-hmm. um so Please introduce yourself formally, and then I want to ask about some basic assumptions about yoga that we have just wrong as a society, and maybe even that I have wrong because, you know, I'm not an avid practicer. I, mm-hmm. I was at one point, but I, I just don't anymore. Mm-hmm. So, please. All right. Well, my name is Dr. Stephanie Johnson, and I have been a practicing chiropractor for uh, well, I'm in my eighth year now, so time time has been flying. <laughs> and uh, I work out of two spaces right now. I work out of an office in Annandale, Virginia, uh, Positively Chiropractic, and then I have my own small office in Washington, D.C., SJ Chiropractic, um, and, and I absolutely love it. I also teach yoga 
at Balance Gym in Washington, D.C. Obviously, right now, in the midst of the pandemic, all gyms are closed, and so I am teaching a virtual class through Balance Gym right now, which has been awesome to be able to continue to contribute to to mm. the community and to keep my, my practice going in a way that it's it's also serving others. Yeah. What about your movement background? I think it's so interesting. Oh, my movement background. I My whole youth, um, I spent dancing and practicing ballet. And it transferred into modern dance in college where I ended up receiving a, a Bachelor of Arts in in dance, a uh, Bachelor of Science in Nutrition as well, so I did a double major. Mm-hmm. And after undergrad, I pursued I pursued uh, teacher training through Pilates, mm-hmm. and then I received went through uh, teacher training for yoga. Mm-hmm. Picked up some distance running, ran some distance marathon. At the first. same time, mm-hmm. you did yoga and Pilates no, training. No, Pilates okay. first, and then I did the yoga. Okay, got after. it. Okay, uh, and then I continued dancing for a while. Then ran a few marathons and then switched into CrossFit and weightlifting, which I love. Mm-hmm. And I'm still back with the yoga dance. Hopefully we'll come back in there. Uh, but mm-hmm. just exploring all avenues of, of movement and really seeing how I can challenge myself and what, what is my body looking for. But then just taking bits and pieces from all of that to mm. advance my physical health as I move through each decade of life. Mm. Here we are. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, And uh, what about, has any of your chiropractic continuing education blended with the yoga or vice versa? Or do they, do they ever cross paths except in your daily, I know they probably do in your daily practice. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is before I decided to become a chiropractor and I was going through yoga teacher training, I remember having the thought, you know, of being nervous about some of the poses, you know what if somebody has osteoporosis or what if they have this back pain or that back pain? Do I really, am I really an authority figure to tell someone they should or should not do something or should I tell them to, you know, go see somebody at this point? And I was very insecure in that matter um, of being able to teach yoga because mm. I didn't feel like I had that knowledge or skill set. Um, and so now as a chiropractor, I, I don't have those fears because I understand more about the human body and how to work with it. And if somebody's presenting with a certain pre-existing condition or they're asking me a question about a certain, you know, musculoskeletal complaint. I feel confident in how I can steer them in the right direction. Mm. Um, it's cross paths and that when I teach yoga, I will all let the folks know at the beginning of class if they haven't taken from me before that I am a chiropractor. And if they have questions for me, I'm more than happy to address them after class, in which mm-hmm. case, again, I'll work to steer them, you know, in a direction where if they're looking to seek out care, then they can seek out care. Um, it's, it's general advice because I won't be diagnosing them, of mm-hmm. course, um, you know, when they ask me their questions, but I'm happy to, to serve as a sounding board mm-hmm. and give them some direction. Yeah. I mean, I think it's as a, as a person who is a specialist and sees a lot of details in people and their movement uh, and their exercise I think it's so good for me to get out and work in groups because it teaches me to be more gentle and less authoritative. Mm -hmm. Because when you're stuck in a room and, like, helping people all day, you, like, gain this momentum of, like, I don't know, overconfidence. And it's, yeah, (laughs) speaking for myself. Um, And, yeah, I've just found, like, group classes have taught me so much and like taught me so much about human resilience you know Mm -hmm. and the 
the body's resilience, not just like the human, you know, coping mechanisms and Mm -hmm. growth and adaption, but like just the body itself is like really, (laughs) uh, it's not as fragile as it comes across sometimes, you Mm know? Anyways. It's really interesting to see how the body can adapt to certain situations. So I'm remembering now of how I personally adapted my yoga and teaching yoga when in September of 2019, I, I smashed my middle left middle finger with a dumbbell and broke it. And it was very painful. But at the same time, what am I going to do? Luckily, it was the tip of my left middle finger. So I was still able to, I'd say, perform about 85, 90% of the adjustments in practice. So mm-hmm. I was still able to, to, to work through that. Uh, but then in yoga, you know, I couldn't make contact with the top of my middle finger, left oh. middle finger on the ground, like in yeah. a downward dog or anything. And I had to learn how to adapt. And so some of the poses I was modifying or doing what I could, I knew in time it would pass, but I was going to move through it and listening to my body and what I could and could not do. Even if I technically had that move available to me, I wouldn't pursue it at that time because it wasn't it wasn't the time and space for me to be doing it at that time, if, if that makes sense. Uh, and then, yeah. and over <laughs> the next, well, the following months, it, it healed enough and I was fine, but it was interesting. Or even when I sprained my ankle a couple months ago, uh-huh. some moves I couldn't do and I had to modify. And that, that self-exploration of what I could and could not do and the adaptations I had to make, you know, the silver lining is that now I understand if somebody is coming, if they have a broken finger or a sprained ankle, mm-hmm. I'm going to know even more from personal experience, not just from what I can be taught online for modifications, um, but, you know, how long um, someone may look to expect for, for healing and modifying certain poses. We're able to step back and, like, learn about ourselves in, the, in like, and in an injured state, you know? Because, like, when, I, when you were saying that, I was like, I bet you her cueing changed a lot, too. Because mm-hmm. showing and cueing are completely different skills as far as, like, the teacher goes, you know. Mm-hmm. So all those things. And then, yeah, learning your own um, limits as far as, like, what I know when I'm if I can't do what I want physically, it is very taxing on me, like emotionally and spiritually. Yes. Because I so thrive in the physical world, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, as, as far as expression goes. And so, yeah, that's, (laughs) those are all big things. Um, anyways, so let's get to the, uh, (laughs) the bullet points of what are the assumptions about yoga that we hold that are just not helpful, especially when we're speaking of this conscious mover, you know, mm. thoughtful, avid exerciser. I feel that yoga, from those who are not within the yoga community, from the outside, I feel that it, it appears very intimidating. Oh, look at all these people doing these flexible poses and they look so good and I can't even do half of that or I can't even do most of these poses Mm -hmm. and so they abstain from maybe even approaching it because it just you know they're like that's not going to be me and I feel like that's that's a misperception on what yoga is really there to offer and granted there may be some courses out there that really don't embrace the traditional values of yoga they're designed to be like let's be as maybe showy as possible there could be some I mean you can get classes of of you know of yeah. every style 
Um, but really, you know, going to a yoga studio and looking to see for, you know, foundations of yoga. There are many yoga classes out there designed to show you the basic vocabulary of yoga where you can learn it. But it's important that when you go into it to understand, it's to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. And so when I, oftentimes when I start my class, I'll tell folks everything that I'm telling them to do for the next hour is really just suggested movement for themselves to listen to their body for the next hour. And they're welcome to modify as needed, take a rest as needed, because it's for them to listen to their body. Mm -hmm. um, there's an awesome quote that I'm going to share with you here mm -hmm. from the Yoga Self-Transformation. Uh, yoga d involves a balance between control and surrender, mm. between pushing and relaxing, Channeling energy and letting go so the energy can move you. Hmm. Okay. And so taking that approach when you go into a yoga course, you know, are you feeling are you feeling low energy and sad that day? Are you just super hyped up? And channel that energy or work or challenge channel or challenge that energy that you have within you. Um and mm. see where where that might be able to take you. Yeah, way. so then the assumption that people have is it seems intimidating because people are doing just different things that don't look comfortable mm -hmm. versus the idea is the 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 right advertising would be your your learning to move. Yes. Your yeah. Before we get to the next point on this awesome text, Yoga Self-Transformation, I want to revisit something you said in the last episode, which was every day we have a brand new body. And these two things are probably related to the text and that quote. I really connected with that and was able to use that as a teaching point in the newsletter. And I think it really helps people. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. The science might actually be catching up with you on that because I heard a uh, an MD say the other day, um, our gut lining is brand new every three days. So if like, yeah, so if you and I go on vacation, we go camping mm -hmm. and like there's all this uh, science that supports, you know, getting into nature and how it can just change your circadian rhythms and do all wonderful things like brain chemistry wise in guess what? It's like three days. Mm -hmm. and it's just like. Your, your, it's like your whole biome can, you know, then just adapt and change. And I was just like, I was blown away. I was like, what? Well, I need to go camping like once a quarter, <laughs> you know, and like get, mm -hmm. get friendly with some like healthy soil and, and fresh air. I was like, oh. Yeah. I just started, um, I was telling you earlier how I started working with my nutrition coach about a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my water intake has increased significantly and my diet has improved significantly and just the quality of the way even my mind works and that, the way my skin looks and, you know, I can tell just yeah, your skin. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Is, yeah. is glowing and is, is resonating with this improved diet because I was, 
you know, pretty much going about the route that most of us are in quarantine. It's like, you know, comfort foods and comfort (laughs) beverages. And that's, uh, it catches up with you pretty quickly when you're moving a quarter of the amount you normally do. Yeah. Uh, Oh my God. I know. (laughs) Um, okay. So do we miss any other assumptions in that roundabout? Um, uh, yeah. So there's a a touching, I want to read one more quote in regards to uh assumptions with going in with, I want to, you know, I can't do this pose, so therefore I can't do yoga, or I shouldn't be in. Oh, yoga. that's such a good one. Yeah, yeah that's like a uh, uh, what do you call it? It's like a, a story someone tells themselves, like mm-hmm. mm, a belief. I mean, it's almost yeah. like for me, it's like, oh, I, I, you know, I really don't know how to play soccer very well. Therefore, I'm just not going to ever go on the field. It's like, yeah, well, you got to start somewhere. Everybody yeah. did. Yeah. Right? Um, but the quote I want to reference here is, the essence of yoga is not attainments, but how awarely you work with your limits, wherever and whatever they may be. The important thing is not how far you get in any given pose, but how you approach the yoga process, which in turn is directly related how, to how your mind views yoga. How your mind views yoga. Yeah. Right. It's a matter yeah. of you see it as a tool and a journey to listen to your body, or is mm. it more got the pose, ta-da, next mm-hmm. pose, ta-da, that's, you're moving, but that's not yoga in its essence and how much it can deliver to you and to your body. Yeah, especially, yeah, it's a, that the way you view it, your perception, your reality is not just shaped by your environment. I mean, it is a lot, but it's also, yeah, it's also shaped by how you grow like essentially yeah that's pretty i love that um okay so talk to me about this uh the i it seems like to me that you've grown a lot through this quarantine and yoga has been a tool that's what Mm -hmm. i've gotten from a somewhat insider slash just seeing you Mm -hmm. like um is that true it is true um, in, in many ways. And again, I mentioned I was going to reference this article many times, but this, this article, Yoga as Self-Transformation, it's one that I came across when I went through yoga teacher training in 2007, and it really resonated with me very well. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, anytime I'm in a moment of transition, like a large move or a moment of you know distress, I tend to go and read this article again because it, it builds more energy within me and helps me see the world and gives me perspective in ways that I may have um, forgotten, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, I went back to this article when quarantine began because, you know, you start going down rabbit holes when you have a lot of, you know, reflection, a lot of solitude. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it really steered me into listening to my body and what I really wanted to do. And I ended up, you know, rearranging, you know, the space in my room. So I have this beautiful yoga space mm-hmm. that I then began, you know, practicing my yoga and meditating. And for me, that was my, that's like my go-to, my safe space is that movement. Mm-hmm. And then, um, thinking of ways how I can communicate yoga more and then seeing how the gym was offering yoga courses and off being able to, you know, participate in that and be continuing to be a part of the community. So yoga just has continued to be a route throughout my quarantine um, that I just I keep, I keep going back to. 
Yeah. yeah. Had, have you learned to let go of certain things during this time? Do you feel like that was part of it? Uh, I know I for mean, me it has. I have. Yeah. There, I mean, there are certain things in life that I've, I've learned to completely let go of and just just letting go of a lot of expectations I may have set for this year or oh, of, yeah. of myself, you know. <laughs> Q2, <Yeah>. Q3, <laughs> out the window, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so le- learning to let go and becoming vulnerable, and it's and it's a scary space because it's the unknown, and you look around, and it's like, there's, it's not like anybody has a rule book for this. The entire planet is in a state of confusion. Like, you know, you always look for, the, you know, who's the adult in the room, or who's the adult in the scenario, well, in this case, it's, I don't know if there really is one because every country seems to be approaching it a little bit differently. And if mm-hmm. there's one who is really the winner, wouldn't we all be winner, quote unquote, wouldn't we all be following their mm. aspect? Um, going to another quote in here mm-hmm. that I love. Uh, resisting aging is actually resisting transformation and growth. Paradoxically, Dang. the resistance to aging, which includes holding on to old, inappropriate ways of living, exacerbates the very aging process you fear. I feel like this is really relevant. We both kind of had birthdays during, I mean, yours happened like right, right before. before <laughs> and we were we, we were texting, and we were like, oh, we'll hang out next week, and then... Yeah, and then the hammer got thrown down. I was like, I'm supposed to be in New York, you know, and like that didn't happen. And and uh, yeah, so yeah, I feel like I had a lot of time to reflect in that zone over this time, big time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just going back to another gem quote here. Let's see. So yoga involves learning to generate energy and also to focus it into different parts of your body. And so that's what I was working on. Oh, yeah. Talk me through that. Because I'm starting to feel more stagnant, you know, Mm -hmm. within my days. And I didn't want to get into a rut, which is part of why I rearranged my room, because my room was stale. There was no, I didn't feel like, it didn't inspire me. And once I moved it around, I got so excited to live where I lived. I didn't even want to leave my room. So I was like, well, this is a great situation because Mm -hmm. I can't. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And so again, going back to it, the, the quote, so in terms of generating, um, yoga, le- yoga involves learning to generate energy and also to focus it into different parts of your body. This enables you to break through physical and psychological blocks, increasing energy, which allows new interests to come into your life. At any instant, the quality of your life is directly related to how interested you are in it. Mm-hmm. And that last sentence has resonated with me for years. In fact, that specific quote, at any instant, the quality of your life is directly related to how interested you are in it, is on the back of all of my business cards. And that was what I was struggling and working with most of quarantine. There yeah. were days where I just felt flat. Nothing lit my fire, anything, all the books I read, all the books I have, nothing. And then other days I'd feel that spark start to come up and I just went full force into it because I became interested Mm -hmm. in my life and therefore the quality of my life started to shoot up and I was just watching that ebb and flow and it changed day to day and that's fine. That's also just the philosophy and thinking of yoga even if you're not practicing the movements if you approach life with that thinking what am i feeling how is the day going is my energy feeling a little bit more sloth like is there a reason why 
should I just drink some more water and go outside for some movement and see how that may mm-hmm. move my circulation and, and generate different hormones moving on through my mind and my body? And mm-hmm. maybe you need that to shake it up a little bit mm. to help you get out of a rut. Yeah. What Have you found any particular poses or sequences that are really... Mm, They shine when we're talking about this energy stagnation motions. I would say poses that involve moving the spine into extension or moving the whole body into extension. Because as we spend way too many hours, even not in quarantine, seated and flexed and hunched forward, it affects everything in our body. It affects the way the way we're breathing, which I've talked about on the previous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. podcast. Um, it just affects our, our energy as a whole, and we spend too much time in that somewhat fetal-like position, even if you're not all the way in that position. Mm-hmm. And so to do yoga movements where you're stretching overhead or behind you, if you have a an exercise ball lying on your back on that ball so it's supporting your back, but you can open up the chest and the shoulders and the arms and take a deep breath in and get that oxygen into your body that will wake everything up and so poses that involve opening up the torso and the spine and the body um to get more air in Mm. any one of those poses yeah be helpful so okay so i feel that when i do pilates like i i i always have that goal of more extension if i had to have a goal with pilates it is extension mm-hmm. um and then then to take a rest with that mm-hmm. so you move into extension you open up you feel the energy build and then moving back into a child's pose to let everything relax yes. and calm down and enjoy the contrast from the extension oh interesting now go into the now okay you're making the decision and the choice to be in that more flexed position and there's a lot of benefit for being in the flexed, more fetal position, but it's important to have that contrasted with waking up the body, and that dynamic will help encourage the ebb and flow and keep you out of that stale state of mind and that stale state of um, of physical being. You just called me out, for sure. That's (laughs) that's because when she asked me to go into child's pose or whatever after I get into, you know, whatever swan and mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't remember any of the names um i i give a little you know stink eye like i don't say anything but, but like, i feel it is it the one where it's like i don't need to rest i don't need to rest <laughs> uh so part of pilates for me has been surrender Mm. learning surrender being coached Mm -hmm. that's a that's a big thing Mm -hmm. um feeling more in touch i want to say feminine energy it helps me with that Mm -hmm. uh because that's part of my mission right now is to embody more feminine um if you know, if you want to talk into that spiritual place, that's definitely one of my things at the moment, and for the past year, if and it'll probably be an ongoing theme, mm-hmm. uh, because my usual practices of strength training, weightlifting, you know, they don't embody much feminine energy. 
but they do help me stay grounded. Mm-hmm. And and not everybody's going to understand that. You might, but mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, there's there's a humility to it. There is a, a surrender, as you mentioned. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And there's an actual grounding to it. Like you have to use a lot of strength from your lower body to, you know, lift weights and whatnot. And but it's the same with Pilates. I have to generate tension from my heels and my, you know, behind my legs mm-hmm. all the time to do these quote unquote core exercises. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so anyways, enough about me. Um, so <laughs> yeah, these are the guys, these are just my therapy sessions as well. I've had a couple of them in the past two months. My podcast has become therapeutic for me. I hope y'all are enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. So keep talking me through this transformation and the and what you've gotten from this guide, from this book, and 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 living it and being it, teaching it. Uh, there's so many great parts to this article, so I'll repeat it again for those of you who might want to look it up online because it's available online. Mm-hmm. It's titled Yoga as Self-Transformation and it was written by Joel Kramer uh, and it was published in the Yoga Journal in the May-June 1980 um, issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, So this okay. Yoga as Self-Transformation, it goes into detail really on about how to approach the, the yoga process and a lot of it is also about understanding habits that you develop into yourself. So uh, there's, quoting the article again, resistance to doing yoga is often feedback that your practice has become stale and habit-bound, mm. right? Because if you are in a new body every day and mm-hmm. yoga is about listening to your body as you move through movements, mm-hmm. it's a new experience every time you go through it. But mm-hmm. if you just do the same thing with the same approach and aren't exploring this new body that you're in, Mm-hmm. Are you able to push it further that day? Do you need to go back that day? It keeps mm-hmm. it a little bit more more interesting. So understanding, you know, becoming habit-bound not only within your practice, but then taking that philosophy to other areas of your life. Is there something you used to enjoy that you're not enjoying? I mean, that you may not enjoy it due to many different variables, and I'm, I'm aware of mm-hmm. that. But part of it could be that it has become habit-forming or habit-bound. Um, and so to look into seeing ways that you can work within that to make it more of a journey. Uh, Another aspect um, within this, another great quote was, if you miss the present, you miss all there really is. So Mm. when we get ourselves focused on the past over and over again, we really want to learn from our past. But if you're always focused on that, you're missing the present where you can make action. And if you're always worried about the future, the future and the past don't exist and never will exist so Mm -hmm. don't forget to to be present for the future and it's i mean all of this is not anything that i've specifically mastered it's all a work in progress and every day i need to remind myself every time i go through you know again uh, transitions in my life i go back to this article because i know there are so many nuggets of information that can help me through those tough times through those moments of solitude Mm -hmm. to go oh yeah that's right let's let's move move through this and I think that's a common theme with you know for everybody you know even with um, this might be a little bit of a jump but I'm thinking about how you know growing up dancing one of the most common comments I would get while dancing was breathe don't forget to breathe now how can you forget to breathe if you stop breathing you die but yet I still hold my breath in the midst of these movements and I would end up holding my breath in the middle of a combination 
regardless of my skill level. And it's mm-hmm. just that constant coaching, as you mm-hmm. will, right? To remember, incorporate this breath into your movement and move forward. It doesn't mean that I've, you know, I'm of lower intelligent or unskilled. It just means to have a little bit of a coach or a reminder that there's a way that you can bring more into your movement and into your life. And I see this article as that too, as a little mm. bit of a coach to help me get out of that stale area and to move forward. Hmm. Um, I wanted to ask the other, so I wanted to ask, do you use this type of reflection before you teach and bring it to the class? Um, is this something you would have all your students read if it were a perfect world? Uh, sometimes I haven't requested any of my students to read it, uh-huh. uh, although I have lately been taking snippets of this and addressing it in class, um, either at Shavasana at the very end, sometimes in the very end, and a little bit in the beginning of class as we do a little bit of a warm up, and I'll I'll read a quote just to help set the mind, set the attitude for the class. Mm-hmm. I think it's important every class to set some sort of intention of, you know, why you're there. And I like to also remind folks, you know, that if there's a lot of commotion of their everyday life that's mm-hmm. really loud and kind of getting in the way for them to focus on themselves, mm-hmm. for them to take that commotion and to put it, like, outside the door. Mm-hmm. And it'll be there in the next hour. But that hour is for themselves, Mm-hmm. and for themselves entirely and they can get back to that stuff later but they should not be or ideally it would be ideal if they set it aside so they could focus on their body mm-hmm. and it's just a simple little reminder where it's yeah I can I can do that mm-hmm. that stuff's not going away I already gave myself permission to do a class it's not like I can get on my computer and change anything anyway mm-hmm. I'll get back to it later mm-hmm. um, what is I want to hear in your words what does it mean when they say movement with the breath what does that what does that mean movement with the breath I I can definitely that was a concept that was difficult for me to understand for a long time where they would say breathe into your arm breathe into your legs like okay my lungs don't go there <laughs> what is it what yeah. are they talking about yeah and really what it means is and he says, this is my interpretation of it. Um, and if you, I actually have two interpretations. One, if you're lying in Savasana, if you're just lying on your back and you feel the different points of contact your body makes with the floor, first you're going to notice the asymmetry of the right leg versus the left leg, and that's normal. And then you'll notice as you breathe in, those points of contact may shift or change. Mm-hmm. And then as you breathe out, it changes again. Mm-hmm. So you're noticing the breath, how it's having an effect on the whole body and how they're moving, right? Um, breath through the whole body is being aware that you have energy going through through the whole body, through out through the fingers and through the toes. So as you're breathing, as you inhale, and then as you exhale, you can stretch maybe a little bit further and send energy, not just, you know, focusing in the torso where the where the air is, but as you exhale, see if you can lengthen longer through the limbs and through the spine. And even in a twisted pose, for example, as you breathe in, you might feel yourself, the whole body becomes a little bit more rigid as it fills with air. And then as you exhale and release, see if you can move a little bit deeper into that pose as your, as your torso is able to collapse just a little bit further because there's less air in it. And then feel how that you're able to change the dynamic of the engagement of those muscles and you may let go a little bit with the inhale and then as you exhale 
moving into a little bit more depth of the pose and just using that as a as a generator or as a rhythm mm. and making sure that again it's not just you know the torso opening and closing it's as it closes that closure goes through the arms and through the legs and the, you're through the, the head really i think I, I if i could sum it up in one phrase i think it would be moving energy appropriately from what you just said yeah how, how can yeah. you use yeah how can you appropriately use the energy through your body mm. and using breath as that rhythm mm-hmm. to ebb and flow because only moving energy in one direction you're gonna you're gonna expire it but mm-hmm. if you can bring it back just just like with the ocean waves right mm-hmm. as the water recedes and then it comes out that's the breath of the ocean and the energy of the ocean they're almost one and the same and there's mm-hmm. constant movement there's no part of the ocean that just becomes completely static and stale it's all moving as it's a always unit. moving yeah, yeah absolutely it's um yeah that's that's my i have so I, when i've gone surfing which obviously doesn't happen very often <laughs> um that statement really like it strikes me like i can feel i can feel the ebb and flow and I can feel the importance of being humble to Mother Nature, just like I think in yoga you can feel humble to like the longevity of the practice. Mm-hmm. And maybe each, I don't know, each individual's contribution to the energy in the room, right? Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, I love, I love going into that, that bigger picture of Mm -hmm. you know what movement is you know and Mm -hmm. it's uh it's to me it's humbling um especially when if we go back to that statement I made earlier about symmetry you know Mm -hmm. it's such a uh and you talk about like all the processes going on within a team or oh my god dance Mm -hmm. like how is there anything that embodies the physical and the artistic as much as dance and like how, and and nobody can really explain why they're drawn to watching dance outside of it being sexy. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like we have this natural attraction to that symmetry that is choreographed and created and like how all of you seem, if there's one troupe, like, all of you seem to have the same body and the same mind and it's like moving and and creating and showing creation and oh it's just amazing dancing for me has always there's always been a level of unspoken communication and and just of kindred spirit with those also dancing and I remember after undergrad I continued dancing for two years um at UC Santa Barbara and I wasn't performing and I wasn't looking to perform. And at that time I was going through a t- transition of what do I want to do with my life? All of my friends are in grad school, la la la. Mm-hmm. And where I found peace and where I found my identity was dancing with all these other undergraduate students who had yet to graduate. And while, you know, in dance class, you're really not having conversation, verbal conversation and talking with one another. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the act of going through the movement and going through the combinations for me was was its own level of, of communication and just brought me so much 
peace and enjoyment and, and identity within mm. that. It's just yeah it kept the mind and kept the body and the, quite the, happy. Oh, amazing. And then the other end of that is like what like the intentions of the creation, right? So not only are you keeping this conversation going intra you know crew, right? Mm-hmm. Intra squad. Uh, you're creating a conversation on the other end of it too with no words. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the music might have words, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, like, you you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, what's in store for you in this next, you know, couple quarters? Or what, what, what can we expect? Yoga-wise, chiropractic-wise? There's still, there's still quite a bit brewing, but I would like to... I would like to get, get into a situation where I'll be speaking a little bit more. And some opportunities have actually recently presented themselves this last week where I've been invited um, to speak at a conference in the fall. And there was an opportunity for me to start speaking at schools a couple months ago, but then things were tabled for a bit because of mm-hmm. the pandemic. Uh, but this last week I received an email about, you know, starting back into that again. So mm. working on working on topics to lecture about and then... Mm. offering that and two chiropractic students uh two chiropractic students Uh um it could be also to even folks within the gym community you Mm -hmm. know a a topic that i think would be very important to address is when everyone starts going back to the gym what to expect from their bodies and to psychologically prepare themselves of you know this is why i mean obviously we haven't been lifting as much as we used to but it's not just like lack of willpower or you know lack of motivation on why you're maybe not performing as well as you should have or just lack of fitness like there is a physiological change and an expectation of you know it's going to take you this long to get into it and don't see this as like a hurdle that you're never going to get back into this but to be prepared for that and to give yourself patience and permission to have that slower progress and if you really try to you know, breach that, you're maybe more prone to injury and it will take longer to get to where you want to. So patience is so important. What a bummer that would be (laughs) to get injured after this hiatus Mm -hmm. and then be like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's, it's one of those, you know, bits of just a little bit of coaching that I need to give, you know, myself and what I want everyone to be consistently, you know, told is, Patience, patience, patience. When you get back, be kind to yourself. You know, all of our rhythms and routines have been completely thrown off, and we're not going to perform anywhere near to where we were when we left it. But we can get there. Yeah. But take it in stride and remind yourself of that every single morning. I would be (laughs) interested to see the opposite end of that, to see if this rest and, like, more body weight type Mm. of movement could be... Translate, translating the other way into healing. I think into a lot healing of and chronic higher, injuries yeah. have had time to finally mm-hmm. heal and rest. So I, I, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, if folks have continued yeah. on with that, because I feel like there was a big surge of um, drive to continue working out in the first part of quarantine, and I feel like the lull is might be settling in more and more. Yeah, there's a third outcome there, which is all the stress and sitting and lack of steps has 
caused you to create uh, something new. And the the poor ergonomics of the at-home makeshift workstation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot about that. Whole other thing. If I could give one recommendation for anyone, I mean, people are going to be working from home, I'm sure, for the next few weeks, month, who knows how much longer. Yeah, I think it's going to change. If you're working from a laptop, you need to purchase a separate keyboard Mm -hmm. so that you can raise the monitor of the laptop to an appropriate level for your eyes so you're not slouching Mm -hmm. out your back and that your keyboard is low enough where your arms aren't elevated because if the arms are elevated you're going to develop upper back scapular issues if your laptop is too low so that your scapula Mm -hmm. feel fine Mm -hmm. you're going to develop neck issues something's going to go and it's it's just an investment that I would recommend okay good yeah and then, so yeah, I'm very interested in how that develops with your, with that, you know, consumer, gym, gym consumer talk, because that's, that's who my audience is. So if you want to mm-hmm. come give us a rough draft, well, I think the microphones will be here for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's, you know, that's the, one of the things, you know, I'm banking on the idea that my audience is taking this time to reframe mm-hmm. and, reconstruct their physical mission right Mm -hmm. you know exercise as it was to me was broken in consumerism Mm -hmm. it was you know there were so there are so many versions of people hoarding toilet paper in fitness right like (laughs) so like one theory i heard about the toilet paper um, hoarding is that <laughs> you know it takes up a lot of space at the store mm-hmm. and when the f- news first broke it was probably the first thing people went to and then there might not have been a stock ready to go because it takes you know there's always a lot of toilet paper mm-hmm. so then it just created this like false need for toilet paper because you know when it comes down to it like I will wash my butt with what I need to wash it with I don't absolutely <laughs> need toilet paper no that there's a whole there's yeah. an article <laughs> or as a podcast I can't remember what it was reading about the there's whole a whole toilet paper yeah. bit is how like toilet paper is really one of those things where Americans use a lot of toilet paper and of course around the world they do as yeah. well but it's obviously toilet paper is, is a relatively recent thing. They're not rice and beans in this conversation. Because, like, <laughs> if, if it were really going to go down, like, we would need rice and beans, mm-hmm. you know, because they are something that could sustain us. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper is definitely not one of those things. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, because, I mean, even, even, of course, this would clog the toilets, but, I mean paper towels and Kleenexes, napkins, like the shower. Yeah. The shower. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could use a washcloth and wash the washcloth. Yeah. It's just, there many yeah. things. There's many <laughs> things. So I think like there's an exercise. There's so many examples, uh, I guess, analogies to, or metaphors of mm-hmm. the exercise world that are broken. The way that we were thinking about exercise was broken. And so I'm, my opportunity is to engage people in into how to think and beef it, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to, the hypothesis of this show is 
you have to think fit before you embody fit. Yes. You know, and I think it's the same thing for yoga. That's mm-hmm. that's why you're here. That's what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> I think this time, you know, a lot of times getting into fitness, it's about, you know, also wanting to catch up, you know, to where other people are and comparing yourself Ugh, to others. Barf. But since yeah. so many of us, the majority of us are starting, you know, at the same level of starting over that it gives everyone almost even more permission to say, you know, we're starting <gasps> yes. off slowly. Let's start this off more mindfully. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the rush? It's not like anybody's going to really adapt faster than you. Maybe mm-hmm. if they're like two or three decades younger than you, yeah, they will. But that's an advantage that there's nothing we can do about anyway. Yeah. Um, but take this time to just listen to your body. What does it feel like? Start seeing a practitioner for something that's always bugged you, your shoulder, your knee, your hip. Um, yeah. You know, and before you're putting too much load on it, have it evaluated. Yeah. See what's going on. See what you can do so you can make the most of your progress as your journey moves forward in a yeah. really constructive manner. Because we're all starting from the same spot. I'm saying that Level about... playing field yeah. right now. It just leveled everyone out. Yeah. I think <laughs> it did on our end as business women too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it 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 put us in a category that we were not in before, you know, as far as like reach, talking to people, connecting with people. Um, so from the business leadership standpoint, you know, I think it really, um, is gonna shed some light on, you know, some practices, um, that, you know, aren't, I don't know, conscious and favorable or Mm -hmm. the other way around who are showing up as leaders and who are showing up as, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things showing up as brave, um, in other industries like healthcare. Mm -hmm. But as far as like ours go, like, I think the trainer or the teacher or the chiropractor who is telling people they have to catch up and they have to do this instead of, I don't know, showing them that there is an even playing field and that to be gentle with ourselves. I think there's going to be two camps of our peers. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? It does. It does. And it's going back to the beginning of this, of this podcast of, you know, the control versus surrender. Like Mm -hmm. this is the time to listen to it. Like, do you, Yes, push yourself, but surrender as you listen to your body, but then push yourself maybe a little bit further if you feel that you have it available to you Mm. and play with that. Nice. I love that. That's a perfect place to end, I think. Um, Tell everyone where you can be reached um, or, you know, what to look for and, yeah, how you want to engage with people. Yeah, well, you can always reach me by sending me an email, Stephanie Johnson DC. That's D as in David, C as in cat at gmail.com. I'd be happy to hear from you to answer any questions you might have. And my leadership, uh, my leadership, my viewer listenership is getting pretty high. So you, I, hopefully you'll regret that. And you get a lot of emails. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. I'll let yeah. you know. We'll save that for the next podcast. Uh, and then if you're in the, the D.C., Virginia area and you're looking for a chiropractor, you'd like to be seen uh-huh. positively chiropractic in Annandale, Virginia, uh, or SJ Chiropractic in Washington, D.C. Those are the two practices yeah. that I'm working out of. 
Yeah. I send I send referrals to you when I know they need a uh, a chiropractor, soft tissue person, or the next stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when people seem to not identify with their chiropractor as an athlete. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that is something unique about what you offer um, is that you can meet people where they're at. Um, I've heard so many times from like fit people that they go to their PT, they go to their chiropractor, et cetera, et cetera, acupuncturist, and they don't they, they they don't treat them as with the athlete mindset, you know, they don't mm-hmm. they don't seem to grasp. And yes. like, I think if for what it's worth, I know. So the people listening, I think, are in that category, which is why I'm saying it. That's when I send referrals our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're my client listening to this and I've sent you her, uh, you know, SJ chiropractic website. You know, that's why, you know, I really, I feel that it is such an important piece of the treatment process is to identify and listen and be able to listen to, you know, your client, your uh, patients. So Mm -hmm. anyways, okay. I think that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with us this long. If you want to support the show, I would love to receive a five-star rating on iTunes. And with that, let a, write down one or two things that you've gotten from the show, not just like, hey, awesome, great job, Jen. Uh, that's fine, too. I'll just take, I'll take the review, but it's fine. Just let me know if there's one or two things that you've learned from us. And if you want to support the show and try a high-performance drink, check out Ruvi, R-U-V-I. That is a drink that is all fruits and vegetables and nothing else, all the fiber, freeze-dried fruit and vegetable blends. They have four out there. I've tried them all. I love them. The product really speaks for itself. And your first order comes with a shaker bottle. Go to www.impactyourfitness.thrivelife/ruvi. R-U-V-I. The link will be in the show notes. And I look forward to hearing from you. I'm on Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness and at www or however many impactyourfitness.net there are ways to connect with me on virtual training or if you want to visit me in alexandria virginia hopefully i'll be on a wait list by the time this podcast airs (laughs) (laughs) all right i will i look forward to hearing from you guys bye